Hello, welcome to Raw Japan episode 129. This is Brandon Chin and I'm broadcasting from Itoshima, Fukuoka. The last episode was Shanghai Bound. Uh, you heard the crying baby with the announcement over the air. That was me on a plane to Shanghai. I spent about two days, left Friday, just came back, and I went to see my brother perform in a musical. It's called A Chorus Line. It is a legendary musical in the musical theater world, and I was fortunate enough to see my brother perform in his first international performance, so I'm very happy to have seen him and met up with him, and we had a good time, you know? Um, did not, I did not record an episode for you yesterday, and I apologize for that, but, you know, China has firewall, uh, the great firewall happening, so there is no access. I apologize for that. I should have prepared. But the show is back, and today I want to talk about, uh, the show. I want to talk about, you know, what I experienced in Shanghai, so... Last one was Shanghai Bound. This is Shanghai. Uh, spending time in Shanghai. So basically, I went for a couple of days, and my brother is performing in this musical uh, for about two weeks. It's actually a year run. The, the entire show, they go around the world and perform different legs in different countries. And uh, this Shanghai, for the Shanghai leg, my brother joined the casting crew that I've been, you know, performing for many months now, some for a year or two, and uh, joined as a new member, right? So speaking to him and hearing about his experience was that him and the, the new members had to go through a lot of trouble to adjust and adapt to... Uh, all of the new information, the new routines, the songs, all of that stuff, within a few days. And uh, you could just... I had so much respect for them because it's so much to, to learn so quickly. So you see another side of the entertainment industry that you don't really hear about often. People usually go towards the the glamour and the lifestyle but there's a lot of work that goes beyond that goes behind that goes on behind the scenes and so just a lot of respect i have some videos and stuff from them practicing the moves before the show and it was so cool to see and it kind of reminded me you know of when you're moving to another country to live it's a similar process you're literally um shoving uh, just an abundance of information into your head, if you're open. Because some people do move to another country and stay in their own little bubble by, you know, meeting people that speak their language and not uh, trying to assimilate. And so for that, I don't, I think that's, an averse reaction to a new culture. You shut down and you put up walls. Whereas if you are trying to assimilate, you're open and you are looking to adapt and learn. And so it can get overwhelming at times.
but you're taking that overwhelming energy in stride rather than hiding from it. And uh, yeah, I just could re I could relate in the sense that, you know, you have to ad adapt or die. You have to move or die. And it was the same thing when I came to Japan is like, there's, it's you, you're going to sink or swim. That's why most people, I think, don't stay in Asia, especially Japan is like, it's, it's good for a short time. And then they realize that, okay, this is going to be, this is a forever thing. And a lot of people do leave because they feel like they can't actually assimilate, which I can understand. But also, I think it's largely a part of, um, on, on you to, to really be realistic about what you are going to experience and then do what you can to carve out your own existence. I know some people that, you know, love Japanese culture but aren't willing to put in the work to learn the language or fail enough at making friends and, and really uh, learning how Japanese people form relationships. Um, I mean, I was just on this plane coming back and there was this American dude, older, I guess he lives in China for like 10 years, but it seemed like he was like his first time riding a plane or something. It seemed that way, but he hasn't. And he was just being very obnoxious and loud and invading people's spaces, not, not acknowledging people's boundaries, just talking like one way street. And uh, he started to panic when they started handing out the departure cards and the customs cards. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, great. My information's in my suitcase. What do I do? What do I do? And so I was like, the first of all, the flight attendants did not understand what the hell he was saying. And uh, you know the typical American, white American dude just kind of coming off as condescending like oh you don't speak english type of tone like what my information is in the suit like looking down right and uh i stepped in and was just basically like you're fine you have time when you get off the plane to fill out the card you don't have to do it while you're on the plane don't worry about it and he started to calm down but then he started to engage me and I was kind of like, I was across the aisle in a row in front of him. And there was a, I was in the middle seat. And so he had to, he had to basically uh, invade the Japanese guy, Japanese guy that was sitting on my right, invade his space uh, to talk to me. And he just did it with no, like the dude didn't even exist. He was just like, not excuse me, nothing. Just, hey, hey. Hey, first calling out to me, hey, 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 genius guy, genius, because I could, because I helped him with the thing, genius guy, genius guy, what is this, what is, um, he asked me what was given names, like, it had family name and given names, so if you say you live in China for 10 years, I think you should know about, um, what family name is, it's your last name, right, your given names are your first and your middle name, if you have one. And uh, he asked me after, he's like, was that a silly question? Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> and then he kind of he kind of silenced up. But after that, started right back up, just talking to all the people around him. You could tell they were just starting to um, shut down, like 
come on, man. It's night. We just want to sleep, rest. They're looking at me like, ha ha, like handle, handle this guy. <laughs> and then the people behind me were like, uh, he's like, they said he's like, the uh, American mitena. He's like he was acting like that stereotypical the American dude. And it was just crazy to see, like, and you know, I heard him try to speak Chinese teach Chinese to this Japanese girl that was sitting next, sitting behind him, like trying to say some phrase, but you could tell it was not completely fluent, if at all. And, um, I mean, you could just get an overall sense that this guy, I mean, he seems like he works at a university or something, but it, it was just, the atmosphere and the way that he carried himself showed that he really hasn't adapted. I mean, 10 years in China and you're still acting like that? Nah, man. I don't think you're spending a lot of time with, um, spending a lot of time in Chinese language or with Chinese people. Uh, you're just, I don't know. Anyway, I think, um, seeing my brother really reinforced the idea that, you know, keep flexible, keep uh, your ears open, your eyes wide, don't take things for granted, don't become complacent. And uh, yeah, it was a good trip. Got a lot and saw a lot and just love to hang out with my brother and see him perform. I've been seeing him perform, you know, since uh, 2013 now. And it's just so crazy to see his progress. Like, five years, he's gone from looking on Craigslist for gigs to, like, get experience just starting out with the inkling of an idea, like, oh, I want to dance, to now performing in one of the most legendary musicals, as well as going to, like, a really prestigious dance school in New York. And, you know, he has people telling him, that have been in the dance world for like 10 plus years since they were young, just amazed at how he's able to just jump in. And uh, first of all, dance, of course, but the singing as well. He just started like a year ago taking singing classes and pick up what many have had to spend a decade learning and doing. So much respect for him being able to adapt and his talent and his effort his perseverance, I have a lot of respect for him. So, uh, stay moving, people. That's what this podcast is about: move or die, adapt or die. And that is all. I'm about to go. I'm in my car. I literally just parked, uh, coming from the airport, and I am tired. So I'm gonna go to sleep. As always, go to www.birdinchin.net forward slash raw. Check out the page there. I have some stuff I want to send you from Japan. And uh, if you like books, I think you will enjoy that. Go check it out. And as always, tell one person right after you finish this. Use the share button. Click that share button. Tell one person that has an interest in either reading or Japanese culture and or both and just send it to them and say, hey, I listened to this Raw Japan podcast and I think you'd find this interesting. 
and just send it to one person. All right. As always, check out the review page on iTunes and help other people find it. Take care of yourself. Today is the 20th and it is not, uh, 10.53. Take care of yourself. Oyasumi nasai.